Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast. I'm Nate. This is Paul. Hi, Nate. Hey, Paul. We've been talking about government. We've been talking a lot about government. And, and this is it's a tricky subject, especially these days. And it is a very polarizing subject. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if we got some feedback by people who disagree with some of this stuff. Um, but the Bible, as the New Testament has a decent amount to say about this. And it's all... A bit more surprising than you might think. Uh, so let's let's get a little deeper and ask some specific questions about this and how we relate to the government. Um, we've talked a lot about, I think, the main general points of what the New Testament points out. Maybe we should just review that. Okay. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to pray and pray and pray and That's give thanks one. That's for our government. First of all, first, Paul says, first of all, first that is Timothy the main two. thing. And if we're not doing that, don't bother showing up for something else, in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying you shouldn't vote if you don't pray, but if you're not praying before you vote, what are, you, what are we doing here? And God, help the church to carry this out. Help the church. Help, help us at Lydia House. Help our brothers and sisters that when we come together, that that, that becomes a priority for us. Mm-hmm. In our public life and in our personal life, that we would pray. That's that's a high priority for Paul. And in that context, it's pray for our leaders, not pray for the election to go the way we want it to go mm-hmm. or whatever other thing. Um, it's pray for our leaders. Yes. And the result of that is living peaceably. Quiet and peaceable life. That sounds that's great. A good, that's a good goal. And we he, need it. And again, he's writing that to Roman citizens who are experiencing a lot of disquiet and a lot of non-peace. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fighting. People are trying to kick the Christians out. Um, and, and Paul said, okay, do you want to live quietly and at peace? Yes, that's all we want. Okay. Overthrow the government. No, wait, he doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. Vote in this senator in your district. He doesn't say that either. He says, if you want those things, you pray. Mm-hmm. That's it. We pray. And we pray and we pray and we pray. I'm not saying don't vote, but prayer is the primary thing that the New Testament is asking us to do. And then beyond that, what's the next thing? We pray. We first. give taxes. We, we give. We render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Jesus said it. So we do it. Yep. We give the government what they what they require, what they ask for. They need to uh, govern, and they need money to do it, and so the citizens take part. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't mean you can't oppose the idea of having them raise our taxes more or whatever it is, but when they do ask for them, we have to pay them. Yeah. And we're not supposed to cheat. In general, cheating is bad. And then another word that's used... Uh, Thirdly, if we if we were making points here, the first one was pray. Second one was to give taxes. Third, submit. That word, some people like it, some people hate it, but it's right there. Hupotaso, put yourself under government, for they are a servant of God. Peter and Paul both call them God's servants, avenging wrong and praising the right. Mm-hmm. Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2. Mm-hmm. So we're in a place of submission to leaders to the point that we honor the emperor we honor we honor those who are over us mm-hmm. and obey if mm-hmm. we're subjects we obey the one we're subject under yeah 
For them, it was the emperor and various governors and that sort of thing. And so as we're called to obey the authorities. And Paul, Paul goes quite into it about those people don't do that job in vain. Peter says the same thing. The, the sword isn't bared in vain. So we have to obey our government. There are some exceptions to that, and we'll get to that in a minute. And that's the final point, that ultimately we are apolitical. We go with Jesus who said, my kingdom is not of this world. We are citizens of heaven, Paul said. So we carry two passports, and this passport overrides my American passport. Mm -hmm. I'm ultimately responsible to the Lord of heaven. I'm not ultimately responsible to the American government. I surrender to them. I submit to them. I pray for them. But the government shall be upon his shoulders. He's the king. He's the king of kings. And so that is where my allegiance is. Jesus said to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, then we fight. We do what we have to do to win. But, but we're not going to fight you. No, no. We're not, we're not going to try to overthrow you. No, and we're not going to resist. We're going to yeah. do what we have to do. And if they have to throw us in the jail, we accept that. Like the three yep. uh, guys got thrown into the furnace and, and the Lord said, I think I'll join them. They're mm -hmm. doing what I wanted them to do. And ultimately, that's why Pilate didn't think Jesus deserved to be executed. Mm -hmm. This guy's not a threat to Rome. He's not a threat to my governorship, and he's not a threat to Rome. They're not going to fight. They're not going to resist. They're not rebels. Mm -hmm. They're spiritual zealots, maybe, but not political ones. They're not going to fight. Um, and we still get this one wrong as a church, I think. Historically, there's been a lot of folks who have literally fought. Um, but I, I think we still get this wrong in the sense that we conflate or we, we mix up the, the idea of the kingdom of God with the idea of our government. There are still people who are trying to make the American government into the kingdom of God, into the governorship of Jesus Christ. And I think it's folly. Yeah. I, I, I'm, and there's, you know, dominion theology. We, we could talk about dominion theology or kingdom now theology at some point in the future, but that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about there. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I don't see it in here. Right. I don't see it in here. That's not to say good government is important. We talked about that. We want good people to govern us because things go more peaceably and better. Um, so, and Christians should be involved in that. And we should all ask God what our calling is and we should follow that. And many Christians are called into government in one way or another. And that's wonderful. And they should do that. We should pray for them and support them for sure. But our goal as a church is not to take over the American government because that will not bring about anything special. The kingdom of God, which is not of this world, the advance of that will bring about something special. Yes. The expansion of the kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom of God, will bring about something special. A great awakening will bring about something special. A great republicaning of the government, which is what they really mean, of course, will not bring about anything special. It's happened before. It didn't do a lot. And I'm, I said I wasn't going to get political, so I'll just say that, okay? Um, there are people on the opposite side who think that if the government becomes fully Democrat, everything will be great, okay? There's people on both sides who I think confuse this issue. Good government is important, but it's not the same as the kingdom of God. We do not establish the kingdom of God on earth through earthly people, with, through earthly means with earthly governments. And usually that kind of thinking and that kind of intent and action historically has led to death and war and bad stuff. 
We don't want to go there. That's not what we're about. We're sojourners. We're exiles in this land. And I think it's helpful to think about ourselves um, in that way. So that's those do are the really main points. That? I do actually. Yeah. I do actually. <laughs> okay. Um, so then that, that brings up a number of questions. So, you know, Paul is really clear in Romans 13. Peter says it as well that the government that is set up, uh, the authority they have, they only have because they were granted it by God, which means that to a degree, anyone in authority is allowed to be there mm -hmm. by the at least passive permission of God or however you want to put that. That brings up some problems, though. It does. Doesn't it? It does, really. Because you've got Mao Zedong and you've got Nero, mm -hmm. who was the contemporary they were talking about here. Terrible. You've got Adolf Hitler, who was voted into office by a democracy mm -hmm. twice. Mm -hmm. Democracy, is that God's government? That's another question we should ask. Um, so you've got these people, I could call them guys because I can't think of any female examples right now. Um, you got these guys who seem pretty clearly to not be servants of God, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they are doing terrible, horrible things, and yet they are in power. So how does that work? What do you think? That's a tough one. I'm not going to lead you. I have an idea, but I'm not going to lead you. I'm just going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Well, what's up with that? <laughs> well, Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a hero. One of my favorites. He's a hero. Mm -hmm. And he chose to resist. 30 seconds. Who is Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Dietrich Bonhoeffer. You tell. You're better at that. German, Lutheran, during World War II. He said, when Lutherans were supporting the government and Catholics were supporting the government. Because it, Lutheran church was a state church in Germany. Um, in America, we don't have a state church because they had one in England and it didn't go well, according to the people who are now in America, most of whom had fled from for, for religious persecution reasons. And they wanted to worship God freely the way they were felt, felt led to do in various ways. You had Puritans, you had, you had Quakers, you had a lot of folks. They wanted to worship God their own way. And so that's how America is, but a lot of places in Europe, it's not like that. There's an official religion of the government, and that was true. And so when Hitler was voted into office in a fully legal and democratic way, um, as he slowly started to make changes, one of those changes where he started to give um, mandates to the church that they make changes to their worship. And he mandated that they prayed for him. Well, that's not so bad. We should pray for our leaders. We actually just talked about that. Okay. Then they mandated that they praise him and talk about how he's actually the awesomest. And it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. And pretty soon Christians couldn't say anything that wasn't allowed. And they, at the same time, were doing a lot of really, really bad things, right? Mm -hmm. And, and we, they didn't even know all the bad things that were happening because Hitler was really sneaky and smart about hiding as much as he could. Um, but they knew, they knew stuff was happening. They were missing neighbors and they didn't know where they were. Yeah. You Jewish know? neighbors. Yeah. Mostly Jewish neighbors. And there were other groups as well, obviously homosexuals and gypsies and, and other folks. And Bonhoeffer's like, Hey, guess what? No, no. Yes. Yes. We honor the government, but there's a line somewhere. And that line is definitely murdering people. Right? <laughs> like, I don't know where the line is, but murdering your neighbors for their ethnicity, that's for sure it. 
Yeah. Like probably even a little before then, right? Um, and so he's like, I am not doing this. You are, you are corrupting and taking over and sadly, our, our church. Yeah, most the people went with didn't it. Follow. Most people went along. Yeah. Most people sadly. went along because they were scared. Yeah. If, if these people can take this neighbor, and I heard that in that church over there, they, they ended the church. They said, you can't go to church anymore because too many people disagreed with the government. So that's scary. So maybe we shouldn't just, let's just be, keep our, keep our heads down and our mouth shut. Yeah. And Bautenhofer was one of the guys who said, no, it didn't go well for him because of that. Sadly. God honors him now still. Oh my. The blood of the martyrs still cry out. The war ended, and he could have gotten gotten released, but they hanged him anyway. Because they hated him so much. Yeah. They, they wanted to kill him. Um, he wrote some amazing things. So he was a hero. From prison. And, and it went beyond being the servant of God, to be the servant of, of Nazism. And when do you draw the line? And mm -hmm. I'm not sure. But that, he was right. He was right. definitely right. Yeah. Genocide is obviously something we do not submit to. Yeah. <laughs> we don't obey that. Yeah. Um, we don't obey worshiping other gods. We've brought up Daniel. You know, when they say worship other gods, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, no, we're not going to worship other gods. And basically, they were making the church worship Hitler, basically. Yeah. Um, and they were making, they, they had to put the swastika into the church and all this kind of stuff. Um, and that's all, you know, he, he, he took that symbol from old, you know, pagan religions and that sort of thing. And the government, at the end of the day, will be anti-Christ. At the very right end. After the very anti-Christ. Yeah. And he will be worshipped mm -hmm. as God, and that will need to be resisted. Mm -hmm. But we're not there yet. No, we're not. But, but there are lines. And so how, uh, how do you know where the line is for folks? I mean, the Bible's pretty clear about worshiping other gods. There's, that's a line. Telling you you can't be a Christian. Obviously, that's a line. Telling people you can't preach about Jesus. That's a line. Um, I think we can agree that genocide is a line. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> rounding up people and murdering them. That's a line. Um, I would certainly consider a lot of other things to be a line, like slavery. Um, but that we don't see that one here. We do see the New Testament moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. um, but at the time, this is my opinion, at the time, if they tried to end slavery, that would have just, they would have all been killed. I mean, they were already trying to say women were equal and could actually do stuff and they weren't property. That was crazy enough. They got enough flack for that. Mm -hmm. um, I think Christianity would have been wiped out because the Roman government was built on slavery. Um, from an economic standpoint, they couldn't have survived without it. So... That would have been the end of that. But there, there is a line. And you've got in Iran, and you've mm -hmm. got in China, you've got in India, you've got in Nigeria, governments that say you cannot come together and yep. meet. And so Scripture says not forsaking the assembling ourselves together. <coughs> We've got to do it. We've got to do it. Whether we do it publicly or we do it secretly, that needs to be done. So that's when you go against government and you do what Scripture tells you to do. Mm -hmm. When it's a direct violation of the Scripture, you have to obey God rather than man. That's what Peter said to mm -hmm. the authorities. So if, if we can bring up a, 
a little maybe discussion topic here. So, you know, Iran is very different than the United States. They're saying you can't meet ever and be Christians, right? Well, here they told us we couldn't meet for a few months because nobody could meet to do anything, right? Mm -hmm. um, are we saying that's the same thing? No, I, no we're not. Yeah, I, I'm not, but there are people who are. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I want to walk through a, a line of argument, if you don't mind. I'm not saying you or anybody necessarily thinks that who is listening, but I do know some who do and have made this argument for me. Um, so back up a tiny bit. The Pharisees are often accused of being legalistic, right? The Pharisees were legalistic because they would have man-made laws, laws made by them, that they considered as important as the laws of God, right? For example, God says tithe, give 10% you know, of your increase. And so Pharisees made applications to that. And one of the applications was if you go to the market and buy cumin, when you get home, you separate out 10% of that cumin and you give it. And so they took the principle of give 10%, they applied it to give 10% of all your spices, even cumin, and then they say you must give 10% of your cumin to God or you're not in obedience. Mm -hmm. So they took an application and they made it a law that everybody has to follow. And what I think some people are doing today, or arguing anyway for, is they're taking an application of don't give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. And first of all, they're taking that verse out of context, because that verse isn't talking about government control. It's talking about people choosing not to meet together. They're in the habit of doing that for one reason or another. So it's out of context. But then they're taking that and applying it. To a specific situation and they're saying don't give up the habit of meeting together means you must meet together once a week in person a very very specific application so don't give up meeting together you must meet together once a week minimum in person and then they're taking that thing that they just made up and they're saying that is a law of god and they're saying not only is it a law of god but it's way up there with don't worship other gods and preach the gospel. And it's way up there such that we can say, I have to obey God rather than man. So they're putting this thing they made up. We have to meet together once a week in person. And they're saying that is just as important as not worshiping a false God, which is clearly silly. That's not in scripture. Scripture doesn't say we have to meet together once a week. It doesn't say we have to do it in person and like zoom doesn't count or virtual church doesn't count. You know, obviously that didn't exist yet. Sure. But I don't think the, the idea of that um, is, is, you know, in here. Um, and so that's something that I do see some people doing. Some of my friends are saying, are, they're saying this, you must meet once a week in person thing. And so we will disobey the government if there's another lockdown. In other words, if there's another lockdown, we are going to disobey. Because of this application from a principle taken out of context that we have conflated to a law, a law that's actually just as important as don't worship Gozer or Allah. And I do not hold to that. Obviously, you can tell, right? I'm, I'm arguing that that is not allowed. You can't do that. That's exactly what the Pharisees did. They took an idea and they made it into something really specific that they made into a law. And these folks are doing the same thing. It's easy to do. It's easy to do. Don't give up meeting together. Well, that's a real thing, right? But it doesn't say when the government doesn't tell you to. It's talking to either people are too lazy to meet together, because it says that some are in the habit of doing, or I think, because it's Corinthians, I think he's talking about people who are actually serving God. They're out there feeding the poor and, and helping the sick, and they're doing the stuff. And I think Paul's telling those people, hey, I'm glad you're doing the stuff, but you still, we have to meet together. It's important. 
It's important for the body to come together and encourage one another and to worship as a community. And these things are important, even though you're doing great stuff. I think actually that's probably what he means. But either way, it is important that we gather together. But in my mind, if the government were to say, for a short period of time, we're going to ask you not to do that, I would in no way feel like it's okay to go ahead and break that law based on that kind of pharisaic line of logic. But there are those who disagree. Um, and so this stuff gets very sticky. And it gets kind of difficult when we try to figure out when are we allowed to play that I must obey God rather than man card. Because I know people who, for example, have a tendency to stand up in public and start quoting scriptures super loud. Is that okay? They would say, God told me to do that and I must obey God rather than you who's telling me not to do that. Yeah, but and no matter how much you walk through with this person, why that's not appropriate or why you're maybe not hearing right or you're not using that scriptural justification properly, yeah. they don't listen. Yeah. And they're like, nope, I must obey God. And they're out there and it's like, hmm, no, that's, you get flagged for that, right? That's, sure. nope, you're not using that right. You're not, you're not using that Bible verse right. And I think that's why we need community to help each other when we're interpreting scripture, especially in a time of difficulty, the, when you're in a time of di difficulty, a time of stress, a time of emotion, a time of great loss, grief, something like that, it's harder to think clearly and it's much harder to hear clearly. And I think that's why we need each other, especially these days. Well, I like how you interpreted that, Nate. I like how you, because I haven't seen it the way that you just shared it. And I like that. Now, don't get me wrong. Lydia House, especially, I do think we should meet together once a week in person. I like that. Yeah. I'm not saying that's bad. Um, but, I, but I'm not saying, but I'm also saying it's not a law. Sure. Certainly not a law up there with, yeah, go ahead and break it because it's basically the same as worshiping another God. No, it's not. Not at all. Yeah. Um, but that, is all, that situation I just described in America with lockdown, that is nowhere near Iran. Okay, they're there saying you can never do this. You can never be a Christian. That's a totally different scenario And that's a totally different kind of government That's the kind of government that you that you have to say no I'm gonna disobey sure. now and I, I think Paul would still say don't go out in the street corner though and disobey Don't hold up signs and say hey, you're wrong. We should be able to be Christians. Don't do that. That'd be silly They're just gonna kill you all Yeah, because and they literally have done that right do it in secret. Hide. Do it in houses, but do it. You know, you certainly have to meet together and you have to you share and encourage each other. I'm with you. So how do we know when we don't obey? How do we know when we can't obey? Is there anything else? Um, well, we got scriptural examples. Yeah. You know, we've got we've got the Joseph, we got the Daniel, mm -hmm. uh, we've got the three uh, men in the furnace, and God God defended them. He came down, he liked it, he came down and joined them in the fire. So there are examples where, uh, but we haven't seen that in our government. We haven't seen that, that no. limit anywhere near close. The so, only one I can think of would be slavery, which I already mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, some people feel that way about abortion. Some people feel that way about when they rounded up all the Japanese on the West Coast ooh, during World War II. Ooh. A lot of people don't even know about that. Ooh. We literally did everything. Exactly what Hitler did, except we didn't kill him. Mm. But we rounded them all up. Most of them lost their homes, jobs, everything. Horrible. Yeah. Absolutely it was horrible. And those are issues that, you would, that I would stand up against, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I, I wouldn't try to overthrow the government or something, you know, because mm -hmm. of that. I wouldn't 
start a revolution because of those things. Um, but I don't think we can oppose those things. Unfortunately, we live in America where we can oppose those things. Yes. Even publicly without, unlike Iran, uh, getting killed. Um, so then can, you know, you mentioned Daniel, can Christians serve pagan leaders? Yes, absolutely. How does that, it, how, 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 do you, how do you do that? That's got to be hard. If it's not, uh, we're not anti-government. Uh, if they allow us to do what we're called to do, we can serve them, we can submit to them, even if they're pagan. Because all the examples we have in scripture yeah. of Nero and others, they mm -hmm. were pagans, and yet that's where we get the scripture, submit to them. Man, that's tough. From both Peter and Paul. Man, that's tough. Yeah. Well, why don't we, why don't we end for this week, and we'll go back and hit some more of these kind of nitty-gritty questions um, for next week. You want to close this in prayer? Sure. I thank you, Father, that you have allowed us to live in America with a, a government that is uh, that supports what we do, that doesn't come against us for coming together and worshiping. We thank you, and we pray for our government. We pray for our leaders. We pray for President Trump at this time when uh, he has tested positive. We pray for his life. We pray for the First Lady. We pray for her life. And I pray that you would um, make us, cause us to be faithful in prayer for our government in order that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.